Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Hey, hey, that's great. Now do it four more times. <laughs> Uh, you know what? We just got to be happy. Leafs win. Leafs with a big win. Big night for the captain. Goals from Austin and, you know, just all the things that mattered. People sticking up for each other. It's everything that we needed to see kind of all happening at once. Uh, almost everything. Couple, couple, but like Austin said, take the, take the good, take the bad, move on. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe. It's never too late for the Leafs, presented by Inside the Rink. I'm joined by Steph, the fanalist, long lost co-host here, and uh, Darty Broder, who's back. So uh, we got to touch on this, <laughs> Steph. Steph, uh, where you where you been? <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Left us hanging on the worst games <laughs> ever. You made us do all that I alone. Know. Fair weather fanalist, oh, man. Like <laughs> I. <laughs> It was my birthday, so <laughs> I had to go out and pate, and <laughs> I don't know. I was hoping for a huge Leafs win on this road trip, especially after thinking back to last year where the Leafs finally picked it up on the West Coast, but it was just time and time again. They just failed us, and I saw Twitter. I barely got a chance to check my phone, but damn, it's been nothing, but I don't even know how to explain it. Just negativity did you, just negativity did you watch the oh. games while you were uh off i did okay. not because one night i was in the states and i tried to get it but it was all buffalo bills oh, and uh tv only played the rangers game so i had to watch all of the highlights and unfortunately you know couldn't get the eye test going but yeah didn't look good our discord is mad our twitter's mad like everyone's just having a rave about it yeah and i think this was what darty and i called for uh i don't even think it was last episode i think it was the one before where we were saying uh beliefs just need to come out and win like seven two or something just destroy some bad team just to remind everybody like hey we can do this we just need to like put in the effort for 60 minutes and that's pretty much what they did tonight they put in effort for i'll call it 53 minutes and uh managed to demolish a team that they should and like, honestly, the the Flyers have started off well, but they're not a good team. Yeah, well, I'm glad it was only for 53 minutes because uh, <laughs> my stream was horrible tonight. Oh, my God. I missed so much of the game, unfortunately, just trying to connect, reconnect to the fucking stream. No, no. So, yeah. This was one of the few that I those... actually got to watch on TV. It wasn't blacked out here. Yeah, Yay. I don't know. My I don't have all the channels, so <laughs> we're poor over here. Well, so. Yeah, and I think it's even on TSN there. Well, it was on Sportsnet here and then TSN some other places. I don't know. It's it's dumb. It's really dumb. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't playing TSN here. So, uh, no, I'm glad I uh, got the replays. Thank you, social media. But hey. So happy about a Gleaves bounce back game. Oh my God, especially who who else to lead us to the win other than our captain, right? Oh, oh captain, I know. Like, 
Oh, Captain, my Captain Johnny Toronto with just an absolutely beautiful game. Four points, three goals and an assist. Are you joking, buddy? So I just want to shout out uh, Brad five, Bradshaw 93, but there's a five instead of an S. Rational Leafer on Twitter said, uh, did anybody notice that Austin scored a typical JT goal and JT scored a typical Austin goal? <laughs> when they're taking something yes. away from you. Uh, they're probably leaving it available for somebody else. So, yeah, the one where Austin manages to pick up some uh, his own rebound after another rebound in front of the net and bury it is the most JT goal ever. And then JT, like this is something I've noticed. Most Austin Matthews highlights start with him getting back up. Have you noticed that? Like it's always he stands up from being knocked over and then the play starts like that's most of his highlights. So uh, JT skating backwards without looking just went ass over heels that was that was hilarious um and then he gets up immediately gets the puck and shoots it from basically the blue line and uh off of i guess i think it hit the stick right in front of him and deflected up in top shelf because uh holy shit <laughs> there was no chance on so that nice Talk oh, about head over so heels i nice. uh, got this <laughs> ass over helmet yeah, we were, I'm we were glad all that love. they experimented a little bit more, <laughs> especially on the power play, right? Like usually the Leafs this year so far have been sticking to the outsides and not really generating much on the inside. Um, and tonight I thought they really attacked the net a lot more than, you know, the first oh, yeah. 10 games th- uh, this year. And finally taking those rush chances. <laughs> but coming into tonight, you know, the Leafs, we're uh, six, one, and one in the last couple of years against the Flyers. So I don't know. Uh, Marty Zeltstra said, "Guys, if you're thinking about betting again on the Flyers tonight, think again." And he was absolutely right. So we have to keep up yeah. the streak of shouting out Marty in episodes because you know it's like the the streak on Snapchat. You gotta just keep it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> the post. Yeah, he's getting. Hey, hey, buddy. I just need to love um, me again. All right, we we were we were kind of having a little bit of a. What do you call it like a lover's spat? We're not uh, we're not on speaking terms right now, and I just need to know that you know <laughs> I will always love you, Marty. Hey, <laughs> he re- he re- are you tweeted, fighting? He retweeted your breakfast cereal. I saw that because Aww, because we you know what did we, I miss, guys? <laughs> we could always find common ground, all right. And it just you got to bring it right back to where it started, and where it started was John Tavares is underrated, all right. <laughs> At TML Fan and Van, yeah. formerly known as John Tavares is underrated. Yeah, this is a this is a great name to bring that back instead of run it back because we're not running it back. I, sorry, buddy, but it's this isn't really running it back that much. Um, no. Cheryl, on the power play though, the Leafs scored on what was their third chance. The first two looked absolutely abysmal. Uh, to the point where on the second one, 39 seconds in, Keith benched the first power play unit. And I'm sorry, but the second one was Bunting, Malgin, Kerfoot, and Yarncroak with, I don't know who on defense, but uh, neither of those were working. Like, that was not good either. They went out for that first, for this uh, an entire minute. It was like a minute 15 to 17 seconds left. It was almost a whole minute that second power play was out. And they generated a shot that looked, easy to stop like they did nothing i don't i don't know where that line came from this is the the weird things that keeps been doing where i'm like can you can you just like stop making like picking names out of a hat 
for these lineups and like actually settle on something that's working, like choose people based on skill and talent. And I mean, I don't know. It just seems like he's throwing things at a wall until it sticks. And that's just not great coaching in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. The Leafs uh, are five power plays tonight. It took two of them to get them even going because fair, the Farabee goal um, after the first, the first two power plays caught, you know, the first line was caught flat footed. Um, You know, Marner was just watching the puck. Everything happened so quickly. And then, Fairby scores so I don't know third power play in the first period you kind of have to look at yourselves and be like hey guys okay we're facing the Philadelphia Flyers doesn't really matter who you're facing at this point we just got to get the puck on the net and uh, Philly didn't have much puck possession tonight and that's what they were doing so any opportunity they just slapped that right at the net yeah shots were about two to one for the Leafs going into every period like that was kind of the the ratio of the night um the the thing with with the power play though was the Leafs started off hot like they came out of the gate all over Philly and then it's like a repeat of last year where they go on the power play and it kills their momentum it's like guys you have an extra person out there than the other team and you have a lineup that is supposed to be more dangerous now like it's there's something not clicking with all of the four of them together still and that's mm-hmm. that's what's hard with uh, with the power plays because it's not like you know they've been just adjusting to these new wingers and now it's like fuck now I got to remember how to play with these guys again and it's not working yet so I mean it did later Have on. We not learned Johnny obviously. that when you make the game when you make the game easier for these kids it gets harder for them right you give them an extra man they're like oh fuck how can we fuck this up. <laughs> <sighs> It was just unfortunate that like they came out so good and then it was four straight minutes of like, oh God, this could turn it around. And like you said, that was when Farabee scored was after those two power plays. Yeah, but unfortunately, and I hate to talk about the trend, but this is nothing new from last year. Last year, the Leafs were 14.8% on the power play at this time of the year. <laughs> yeah. And this year we're 229 So we know it takes a little while. Of course, we're still in PTSD mode because we've seen the successes from last year and we just want them to click right off the bat in a perfect world, right? But hey, took them their third chance and Matthews with a huge power play goal left Torts smiling on the bench. <laughs> you know, connect knee's stick on the first attempt got Matthews a shot attempt, but then he just jabbed at it and it went in. Very nice. Marner off the wall, too. And third goal in the last four games for Matthews. Yep. And uh, last November, he had nine goals. So, uh, you know, good good start to that to try to match it again. It's going to be obviously that was a crazy pace, but uh, you know, I think he can do it if these guys are going to yeah. keep this up for a couple games. Like I said, it's nice one game, but you didn't suck for one game. You sucked for like five. So, uh <laughs> You got to keep it up for four more before I'm convinced that this is turning it around. <laughs> and I'm not saying win four, but like show at least 50 plus minutes of effort for four more games. And I'll be convinced because that it's been like that's 10 so minutes sad. That's or so under. Sad. Like, honestly, that's that's what I'm asking for at this point is like, I know the regular season is a slog for you guys, but please, for the sake of the fans, give a shit. And just real quick, I went on um, yesterday with uh, Hockey DB. And the Hockey of Tomorrow uh, show with a couple big names like uh, Tic-Tac-Tomar. That was really cool. I'm just fan fanboying mm. over that. Um, <laughs> so <Eee>. one thing <laughs> that I mentioned was that 
Um, the th- reason that everybody is so reactionary and emotional right now is because we were coming off of 115 points and expecting so much of a change after uh, there were additions in the offseason where on paper this team should be better and more experienced. You know, there's another year on all the stars. There's things that m- meant that this season was going to be a kind of part two of the end of last season. And instead, it's felt like a restart of last season. And the beginning of last year, Matthews was out. We had just replaced Zach Hyman. We didn't, we had Nick Ritchie on the top line. Like we had no idea what the lineup, even the top six was going to be. Now we're just trying to figure out the bottom six, which isn't as important. They finally clicked tonight, but you know, there's things that should be going better based on how last season ended. And I think the expectation is just a lot higher. And that's why you're seeing, you know, after a couple of games, people are talking about trading someone from the core already. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you can argue that the only thing that stayed intact from last year was the first power play unit. If you look down through the lines and Keith hasn't even been sticking lines together, not even the top line, the second line. I mean, you want to say the top six stayed exactly like last year, but no, we tried bunting on the third. We have a mix of Malgan, Robertson, Kerfoot in and out of the second line. So it's like, what type of identity do these guys have, especially on the third and fourth lines where it's just a carousel of players? Like tonight we had Pontus Holmberg making his NHL debut. The Swedish line looked um, good. I got to say Holmberg with Engvall and yeah. Yarncroke, that Swedish line works, man. Yeah, Swe- purposely put too, because Keith said that. <laughs> Swedish, berries. Swedish berries. Oh my God. <laughs> you. This is why we have Darty Broder, guys. Swedish berries. Yes, yes. But and if they're having an off night, you call that, them the Swedish uh, fish, He put right? the Swedish... <laughs> <laughs> dude. Holmberg, dude. English is not that great, guys. So that's why Keith put them together. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. I was going to say, there might be a bit of a communication advantage there if their English isn't all perfect, but you've answered my question. Yeah. That's That's kind of funny. Yeah, and he also mentioned that he wanted to bring in a neutral center. So I'm wondering what he's thinking about that. Like, what what hasn't worked? You had Kerfoot, Ingvall, Kampf, what, uh, Zach Aston-Reese or Abe Kubel or Yarncroke. So it's like, do we have to bring in a neutral center for the third line to make the guys click? I don't know, but they were really impressed about training camp and such. So I'm glad he had the shot tonight. And if there's any time to do it, it is now. If you told me that by the 11th game, I would have already seen Philip Kral and Pontus Holmberg play, I would have told you, like, you're insane. <laughs> wild boy Chris Pontus uh, Holmberg? <laughs> I guess so. Okay, yeah, wild boy. This is the one that we came up with on Twitter. Because Darty pointed out, you go for it. You can, It's your joke. No, it was just Chris, you know, from Jackass, Chris Pontius, What's right? Like you don't, you don't ever like see, you know, see names like uh, that, and you know, R.I.P. <laughs> no, no, I think it's like, uh, the other. Uh, did he Chris Pontius is not dead. I think he's still. <laughs> he's like well, Steve-O, where he probably should have died, okay, considering all the things the that guy. he's done in his life. <laughs> but uh, holy smokes, yeah. That's... I thought uh, one of them definitely. Yeah, that was Ryan Dunn. Ah, oh, shit. What am I thinking? No, Sorry, Pontius, Pontius and, uh, and Steve-O had the Wild Boys show where they on MTV just went and like fucked with animals. So, yeah. Oh Pontus God. Holmberg is Chris Pontius Holmberg, a.k.a. the Wild Boy. Nice. 
Love I just it. like Love that it. Swedish line though wow. is hilarious because like the fact that they're really Swedish, you know, it's not like like the reason like the fact that we have to say that the reason that they're all together is their English is not so good. I I start getting like like uh, Swedish chef vibes. I, I think it might be culturally insensitive <laughs> to call them the the bork 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 <laughs> line, but <laughs> <laughs> what I think would be oh. hilarious is like if you're Philly out there against that line and they're all yelling each other in Swedish and you're like what. What are they doing? I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> that would be so right. confusing. It's like, wait, are we playing Team Sweden right now? What just happened? <laughs> like, that'd be a perfect Because honestly, if you're Philly, <laughs> oh yeah, actually, because if you're if you're Philly, you don't know that they're going with an entire Swedish line, and that B these guys can all actually speak it fluently, like. You know, it's it's the NHL. There's guys with last names from all over the place, but sometimes their English is perfect and they don't actually know. like William Nylander probably doesn't speak Swedish, does he? I mean, he might. I'm making an assumption, but his English is perfect bit. and he's born in fucking yeah. Alberta, wasn't it? So um, <laughs> I think he's from Calgary, isn't he? Just imagine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're a bunch of like Canadian American beauties and you're trying to chirp these guys, not realizing it. They're like, yo, you son of a bitch. All of a sudden you hear hing the ding the dirt. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's the fucking Swedes. Swedish is a very hard language, man. I, like, I'm not going to try hard. to make an imitation of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, on that, though, what we're trying to say is that for 10 games, the bottom six has been a lot of rotation and not a lot of results. This is the first time where, I mean, there wasn't direct results. I don't think they, none of them scored, did they? It was Matthews. And three from JT. Who was the other one from? Oh my God. Zach Aston Zach Aston Reese. Right. No. Okay. So we did exactly. We got production out of them. So uh, Camp, Zach Aston Reese, and who was the other one on that line? Uh, it was, well, when he scored, Malgin was Malgin. So we Malgin. did see yeah. a lot of switcheroos happening. Uh, I saw at one point Nylander actually with Ingvall and Kampf. And I don't know. I just couldn't keep up. I don't know if it was because the power play or what. But yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, I think uh, Malgin with Kampf and Zach Aston Reese works. Um, and so does the Swedish line. So, I mean, run it back again. I know this kind of leaves Abe Kubel out. And that... If I, I might as well just bring up the question then from Twitter. Sorry, one sec. Where is the question? I thought Malkin was on the Swedish line. No, isn't it? Engvall, Holmberg, and Jarnkrog? Oh, okay. But he isn't Malkin no. Swedish too. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's what I'm And Sandine. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Engvall, uh, Holmberg, Jarnkrog, Czar, Kampf, Malkin. Okay, so... Um, where was this question? Was it on? Oh Swedish my gosh! Sorry, right guys. Here. Was it on Discord? <laughs> yeah, here. So from Scott on Discord, is there any reason why Abe Kubel has been scratched often? Um, not. I can't see anything other than just it hasn't clicked with anybody. Like he's got the experience, which is something they wanted to bring, but it's not working with anyone. He hasn't really found like a place yet. But also, if you don't play him, he's not going to find it. So I don't. I don't know. There's just a log jam of guys down there. And I think the ones in, if you get the spot, it's kind of yours to lose at that point. It's not like, you know, they're just going to rotate through them for the sake of it. I think somebody has got to kind of screw mm -hmm. up to, to give Abe Kubel the chance to get back in, or maybe him and Aston Reese just kind of rotate in and out. But 
-hmm. I have a theory, actually, and I'm just speculating. So we know Philadelphia is a heavy-hitting team. Tonight, the hits were uh, 45-31 to for Philly. Clifford didn't play. Simmer didn't play. Abe Kubel didn't play. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking maybe Dubis and Keefe wanted to stay away from maybe taking too many penalties, even though... A shit ton still happened say they tonight. Took a but, lot of bad penalties tonight. Yeah, but before coming into the game, like maybe to steer away from the possible fights, which I know happened in the third period. But I don't know. Maybe they were thinking this way and to put more skill rather than brawn on the ice. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. I mean, because uh, it didn't really work last time, right? Like they tried it <laughs> and it just kind of. I mean, they they beat Winnipeg, but then they ran it back the next night against um, who was it? Was it San Jose the next night? That they blew it? Yeah. yeah, where they still had Clifford and Simmons in it. Everyone's like, why would you do that? It's like, oh, shit, I forgot to set my lineup in fantasy and kept them in. It was Vegas. <laughs> That's what I, I mean, it was Vegas right? Like, night. maybe they... Oh, you're right. It was the Vegas game that they kept them in, and, and they just didn't... Vegas, okay. They were kind of useless. Yeah, like, they obviously saw their matchup, studied the team. Uh, the bottom six with Philly is, you know, like, they're super heavy. Um, if you were to irritate them one bit they came out they will come up come after you so maybe that was a on purpose move and also to give that neutral center a chance and i saw a lot of talk about robertson being scratched tonight so leafs nation did not like that but it's kind of like too many clowns in the clown car exactly. like <laughs> like we're giving everyone a chance at this point and malkin is scoring robertson had a pretty hot game and then not much else after i can't say too much i haven't watched the other games fully fully but just from the highlights i've seen it doesn't seem like he's been making that impact like we've been hyping him up to be no and i think I what this creates we... is a... go for oh, it go for it Darty. no you i just say, i wouldn't be surprised if we keep seeing a lot of fluctuation in these lines though even when we see um uh success with certain uh, groups just because uh, some of these guys, like we're gonna need to have as trade bait if uh, if anything comes out there, right? Like you want, like as much as we think that Robertson's gonna stay on this team, there's always a chance we we could flip him, right? And uh, a lot of people want that too. And it's not uh, it's not unrealistic to think that like he's a great he's a great kid. He could be great here, but even like like a guy like Abe Kubel, package him with package him with that and get get another chip that we might need down the road. So like, don't be surprised if the, if these guys keep uh, coming in and out just because we need to give them the looks that they can earn. Um, you know, earn value because because uh, anything can happen, and you, you never know when you're going to need a, need a solid trade. It's funny. That's exactly what I was going to say. So I think they're holding on to all these guys, and people were commenting about the fact that they're at 50 contracts and how this has really shot them in the foot. I think what Dubis is doing is loading up on chips for deadline season because uh, last mm -hmm. time when it came around, the only thing anybody wanted from them were picks or Matthew Nyes. Now, I'm not saying anyone's going to be taking the likes of, you know, or at least asking for Abe Kubel or Zach Aston Reese or something, but at least it gives you, you know, those options to offer people. It gives you, you know, package deals, like Darty said, with Robertson. Because I think if if people are asking for Robertson or Nyes, I think the one that you move with the two of them is Robertson just because of where his development's at. I think you can afford to wait a bit longer on Nyes because he's not playing yet. Um, and see where the team's at then. But look, we need a, a third goalie because Shalgren is not really it. 
unfortunately. And it's not going to be, you know, we don't know if Murray comes back, Samsonov gets hurt or Murray gets hurt again. Like it, we are going to be in this position again where it's if we have a back to back, it could be Shalgren. And that's just kind of a scary thought. So I think they need to make a move for either a defenseman or a goalie come deadline time and having all these extra forward pieces to move to teams that are, you know, looking for cheap guys, I think is uh, is a good place to be. It just sucks right now to be at 50 contracts because, like I said, if if either well, of their goalies get hurt right now, they're screwed. Call, call me crazy, folks, but uh, what do you think would be... What, what, what kind of package would be would be needed by by Seattle to get Shane Wright? Because right now they've healthy bombed that guy for four games now, and I know he's better than being healthy bombed for four games. Like so, like I know it's great to have Pontus Holmberg and David Camp as our uh, our, our bottom two centers, but say you get a, a young sexy stud like Shane Wright who's angry, who wants to be out there, who wants those minutes. Maybe you throw him on the fourth, maybe even throw him on the third, depending how how good he is. And what what would like, do you think they're going to ask something like unrealistic if they're healthy bombing this guy four games? Or I don't know. I, I just I just see a lot of potential. He's a Toronto boy, right? We love our Toronto boys. <laughs> uh, the ask would be <laughs> probably Nyes Robertson a first and Lilligren or something ridiculous. <laughs> like I'm not kidding. Like, that's probably that not, what they want. Is that not want. ridiculous? I feel like that's pretty pretty realistic though. Like we could. I feel like we could make that work. Well, okay. Here's the thing. The it's not unrealistic because of what he is, but the problem is he's not a first round pick that has developed into something already. And, you know, it's you're giving up someone that's proven it's you're still kind of betting on him. Right. And that's that's the same as picking him in the draft. Like you don't really know what's going to pan out yet. And it's a gamble either way. Right. So I don't know. Like the ask for, the than, ask for uh... chicken right now. <laughs> The ask for chicken right now for for reference is like the equivalent of three firsts. Mm-hmm. So just for comparison, like somebody who is established, yes, he's injury prone, but he's at least proven that he's a, you know, a star defender to any team he goes to. And that's what that costs. So it's going to be somewhere around the three or four first round pick range for somebody like Shane Wright. Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up, Dirty, because he's, yeah, you're right. He's been scratched for four games, averaging six minutes a game. And Seattle's the type of team where if you are producing, you will get the opportunity. Kind of like Matty Beniers last year, who landed himself that 1C role and on the first power play unit. So if this kid, Shane Wright, has either, I don't know if it's an attitude problem as speculated before or he's simply not developed yet it's way way too soon to do that and I would not give up Matthew Nice for Shane Wright that's just me um and also Robertson I think you can get I don't know like he obviously still needs more of a chance. I I think Leafs just have too many players to work with, which isn't a bad thing whatsoever. It's just a bad thing for the players who may say fuck this, I want to move on to another organization and get a real chance to play. Yeah, the problem is the depth seems to kind of, I mean, yes, there's injuries on defense. If everybody on defense was healthy, then we'd have the same problem. But right now, the logjam is strictly on forwards and there's holes everywhere else from goaltending to defense. So it's it's just a little frustrating to look at it. Okay, so we, we got to get back to the game here. Um, there was a hit by, I think it was uh, Bellows is his name, on... Mark Giordano, or uh, no, TJ Brody, sorry, fuck. 
TJ Brody got hit from behind, behind the net. It's a scary hit. I, uh, I'm glad he got up, but there was no call on it. And like, I understand the Leafs had already had their share of power plays leading up to it. And that's probably why it didn't get called. But I just, I hate knowing that that's why it didn't get called. Like there's no penalty for making a dangerous play when the refs have already given out too many power plays in the last 20 minutes to that team. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's annoying that that's how the game is is called. I get that they don't want to, you know, give too many. I don't know. I, I get it and I don't basically is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. I'm with you on that. Like Mete got a cross checking penalty on Allison in the first period between the two um, flyers penalties. And um, I don't know, like it was a soft little touch, but he still has to be called at the end of the day because he did touch the numbers on the back of that Jersey. And I think it should be a straight roll across the entire league, every game. Like if you do something dangerous, for example, a high stick, like that should not be game managed. Like you need to call that every day. Uh, other things may maybe a soft little touch on the hands, like a hook, for example. And you know sometimes they call it and you're like, "What the hell was that?" Those you can let go. But when it's straight up, you know, like a cross check on the numbers or a like I said, dangerous play, you 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 got to call. Well, it. that was like 15 degrees off from being boarding. Like if Brody had been turned a little more, that's a boarding call because the way he fell, his head still like hit the board on his way down. And that's what makes that dangerous. Like if it's open ice and you're throwing a guy down from behind, he can catch himself with whatever. Don't call that. But like when you're yeah. behind the net like that and the guy's got his back turned playing the puck and you throw him down from behind where he could be turning and fall into the boards. Like we've seen, who was it? Um, Bor- Borowiecki. That was basically what happened to him. Like he was turning while he got hit into the boards and he was taken out on a stretcher. It wasn't even a hard hit it's just so it's positioning it's not the, the the strength of the hit it's the high danger yep. positions and that's what needs to get called more that's why i was a little disappointed that they they kind of let brody off there or like let brody kind of get hit and walk away yeah definitely but speaking of you know the boys not picking it up in the first period i gotta say the end of the first really picked up i mean that second line shift jt's goal oh my god they were a workhorse on that yeah just workhorse in that shift i mean um after the Nylander shot, they just kept it alive. Kerfoot, Riley, JT winning puck battles in both corners, realizing, you know, okay, my teammate has control of the puck. I'm going to drift slowly and get open. Just perfect one-timer and straight in to end the second period. Whoo, that was nice. And that really picked up the momentum of the game. I love that you left out the fact that while skating back to position, he tripped over a stick. Like I said... I missed very <laughs> small chunks because my stream was horrible and all the highlights are so short. So, yes, I did miss that. I saw all the tweets, though, and I I LOL'd a little. Like adding, yeah, he was, he was skating backwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and everybody was putting it like, don't you usually fall after you score? Nah, not on the Leafs. You get knocked over because you just don't get penalties drawn for anything. And then you have to get back up and score. That's how it happens in Toronto. So good. Hey. Can we talk about the third, the third goal? JT's second. (laughs) Holy shit. So Marner, Marner feeds it over to a, where did you want to start somewhere else? I 
was gonna say uh, Zach Aston Reese scored before him, but yes, he oh, okay. definitely go okay. there. Are we not gonna, are we not okay, gonna talk go. about, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Wild Bill that was a really good just goal. getting two penalties within like two minutes? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, second period, Billy. What is going on with that back-to-back penalties, man? Like Uh-oh, when he's on, he's on, and when he's off, he's off. <laughs> He's honestly, he's been on for nine of 10 games so far. So this is the second one where he's been a little, eh, everybody yeah. else was great. It's fine. He's, the second period was sloppy. I mean, the, the Leafs. This is a big, oh, yeah. this is a big Billy <laughs> moment, right? Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but the Leafs still had a ton of shots, 22 to 10, 12 minutes left in the second period. Uh, the chances were 12 to three for the Leafs, but it was just or penalty after penalty for for Toronto. First, it was Malkin cross-checking Zamula. Then you had Giordano holding. And then Nylander, Nylander. It's like, goddamn, guys. (laughs) Yeah, Geo gets like one a game, and they're usually pretty shit-soft calls that shouldn't happen. It's really annoying. Uh, But Bunting drew uh, at least one or two this game, I think, which is back to his norm. Love that. Yes, he did. So, uh, yeah. So Zach Aston Reese's goal was was pretty nice. It was off, uh, uh, basically on a wide open net, and I'm glad that he he hit it because uh, people's target on the Leafs has not been great this year. They've been missing the net and hitting a lot of crossbars. So when you bury an open net, it's like, oh, that feels good. Thank you. I'm glad I hit I that. Good. Yeah, it was a present for him. First goal of the season, you know, Malgan's first shot attempt blocked by Hayes, second shot attempt blocked by Ristolini, and then it goes straight to Czar and slaps it straight home. You know, Malgan, third point in the last seven games, all five on five as well. So Yeah, and the Leafs have not been good five on five, so the fact that somebody has been, mm-hmm. they're 28th in the league on five on five goals. Right well, it's right. always a good game. Even probably more, not uh, after tonight, but... Even strength goals. We're at what? We had three to two for even strength versus power play goals. That's that's not too bad. That's not too shabby at all, right? For this team who you know is notorious for usually scoring on the power play. Now. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah. they should have scored on the power play more. It probably should have been seven two. But would be nice. You know. <laughs> but speaking of Samsono, I'm not saying it wouldn't be nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> Samsonov being good for one soft goal a game. Of course, it happens this time around because Owen Tippett on the power play. Oh, yeah. This was was a super soft goal to me. It was on the weak side. Hall was too late to get the stick. And he had all the time to just rush from the middle straight to the side, shoot it on the short side and in. And yeah, it's just one of those moments where you're like, like, come on, like (laughs) replay is ugly. Um, Darty, you and I gotta duke it out on this because I know you think this was Austin Matthews' fault, and I think it was Justin Hall's fault, and I think the entire arena booing him thought it was Justin Hall's fault. So um Puck is between them. We got a, a Springer Bichette moment again where nobody's <laughs> communicating on who's gonna take the fucking thing, even though this is the game we play all the time. Just call it, say mine. <laughs> I got it. Like the thing mine. you learn when you're five. Mine, mine, um, mine, 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 but mine. Hall closest to it just kind of stares at it and backs away thinking Matthews was going to take it for some reason. I don't, I don't know what happened here. And then they blew it. And like, it was a series of like two or three bad 
plays and a turnover <laughs> and you know like losing the zone that's the biggest thing is the Leafs will have control of the zone then it's just like they jumps over to Hall and he loses it over his stick or he fucking turns it over mm-hmm. and it's like the crowd Ooh. just started booing and I mean we heard the report says it was from Marner um I heard Dangle co- uh, contest that thinking that he it doesn't think it's Marner's voice it could be Bunting or Matthews but one of them the other game yelled Halsey what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> when he turned it over the blue line it was like clear as day so uh yeah the there's been a lot of talk about him in the media i mean they've been asked about him keith's been asked about him and now it's like literally the fans are booing him at home what do you do like he he saved a goal tonight he did like he, Before he that, literally, he literally saved, saved a goal, a goal from goal. going in in the first period yeah so we need to we need to start putting some respect and, on Hall's name just because one he is not Jake Gardner and two even the moves he makes he still has more confidence in his p- pinky and his little toe than a guy like Gardner. No offense, sorry Gardner, just you kind of you kind of shit the bed and I won't like you know I, <laughs> I won't let go of that. Just those moments back back then they they really left a scar on my heart. But Hall I think has more gall and more stones and uh, it does really piss me off when uh, when people start giving him hell because like. He's not the best. He's certainly not even, you know, it's like that, that, that meme from, uh, from Chernobyl. It's right. <laughs> not great. Not terrible. <laughs> you know, he's, he, he's ours. And we know, <laughs> if we know from how we treated Jake Gardner and, and guys who came before him that it doesn't fucking benefit us to embarrass the guy, right? If he's going to embarrass himself, I think he's smart enough to know to win it, to win one back for us. All right. Said he put his, he's put his body out there to stop a goal. And that could have easily been, um, an equalizer right like goals against the toronto you know once that uh once that what do you call it uh dynamic changes all of a sudden you know this could have this is this was a a losable game those guys were out there um with a lot of uh uh, strength and hustle like i didn't realize how much of a little bastard uh kevin hayes is Uh, rest in peace to his brother jimmy like i he was a huge influence (laughs) on me i didn't know i didn't know much about uh about kevin but seeing uh, uh, seeing him play out there was like, man, this guy's actually pretty good too. So, um, yeah, you, you, you need that. You don't want to lose that momentum. And Hall was out there putting his body on the line. And honestly, Matthews is known for staying out in the play when there's, there's still danger chances present. So I don't know why he kind of decided that, but maybe he was tired, but like, again, communication, like just to cut this short, communication is key. They all need to communicate with each other. And going back to that point about Hall and saying, Halsey, what the fuck? That's bad mojo. That's got that shit's got to stop. He's your guy. Stick with it. Treat him good. I don't care if he's a fucking boob. He's the only guy you have. So everybody needs to fucking love Hall because he is your last line of defense in many, in many ways. All right. Sandian can't always bail him out. And quite frankly, this guy's still a beauty, right? As I said, we saw it in the first period there, you know, putting his body on the line. He's, he's, he's not all, uh, you know, X's and O's. He's actually, he's still, he's still got something to, to bring to this team and we need to show him a little bit of respect because you don't want to, you don't want to put him in a position like, you know, mentally like Jake Gardner. Right. And I think this guy's a little bit stronger, but this city will do it. The city will do it to him. And I don't want to see that happen. We need him. Right. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I, we need somebody that's right-handed. And I think that's the only reason he's still on the lineup. Honestly, if he was left-handed, there's there's six other guys that are better than him. Well, tonight he was paired with TJ Brody, who switched sides to be with him. And Keith uh, is trying to give Justin Hall every chance to succeed in this lineup. And 
You know, Look, I thought I, he was all right with TJ Brody tonight. Like I thought besides that, yeah. you know, couldn't hold the line and kind of slow and on that to, one To puck. start the game, literally in the first minute and a half, he lost his stick, skated over yeah. the bench, didn't get a stick, didn't jump onto the bench, and somebody tried to pass it to him while he had no stick and wasn't paying attention. Like it's just, can you please just stop? Like it's like half the things are mistakes. The other half is like, why it's like meme moments like why does it have to be you that this happened to this could have happened to anybody on the ice but it happens to you so <laughs> somehow bad. you're putting yourself in a position some but honestly it's like kasha getting hurt it's is at a certain point it's not luck and it's the player putting themselves in a position to in this case make mistakes in kasha's <laughs> case get hurt like i think hall is is like look on that one goal where he let um it was the the second one. He was totally out of position. He didn't catch up to uh, to Tippett until he had already scored. Essentially, like when on the replay, Tippett is all the way out on the wing, and Hall is right down the middle. Yep. Like he is the right defender. He needs to be on the right side, covering the fucking winger that is on the le- the the left winger that is on his right side. Like, and he wasn't, and so he was wide open and he scored. It was a sh- <laughs> it was a bad one to let in, like you said on Samsonov, but Hall could have easily tied him up. And somebody who did exactly that on a two-on-one was Victor Mete tonight, who I think has been playing far better than Justin Hall has. So I, I just I don't understand why we're scratching other people and flipping people in and out while keeping him in. Like Darty, I understand. I don't like hating on any player, especially when he's had some good flashes. But the problem is the mistakes have been so detrimental Egregious. and glaring that every <laughs> single person that's watching it in the in the stadium sees it to the point where they they felt they all had to boo him like if every single person in the stadium sees a glaring mistake like that that cost them a chance where every for everybody to boo it means that they were all hyped up and you just ruined that for them like they were red, everybody was on the edge of their seats like the Leafs could have scored there and you just blew that that's why right. people boo it's not just because he made a mistake I people make mistakes the all the time I watch it's, the it's game. It's the context, and I, and I also pl- I also play the radio because I love listening to Joe Bowen. Bowen, all right. And you know what? Him and Jim Ralph even said like Austin Matthews. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, like, let's be real here. I think there was I said it was a community for that mo- those moments. There's serious communication issues, and maybe that's what Keith needs to do is work on those those line changes and work on those uh, you know like when you're when you're doing line changes in those moments that it, it could you know. You, you sometimes you just got to stay on, right? I know these guys are tired, but sometimes if it's if it's if it's too close to call, just stick it out just a little bit, right? Because especially in a game like this where it was kind of do or die for the Leafs in the sense that like if we lost this game five two, uh, we would not be. <laughs> I don't even think we would be on tonight. I think we would have taken a break and come on tomorrow. <laughs> it uh, <laughs> no exactly, and the only yeah. the only reason we're picking on the sorry, keep going. But I was just going to say, like, I think it's a communication. I don't want to rag on Matthews. If he's tired, he's tired. But it's like, why the hell would Hall make that pass without thinking at least, like, like the guys, I can't sit here and think the guy's that stupid, all right? I, I truly do believe that there's, there's some sort of communication. Like, when you, I said, when you hear these guys saying, Hallsey, what the fuck, right? Like, I I, I think they, these guys need to start show, showing their deep defensemen a little bit more love too, right? Like, it's not just about the top four guys making all that money right like they need to start showing some love to the to the plebs all right start throwing some bread to the the, the guys out there who uh, aren't making the big bucks and uh working their ass off because if you get that communication that shit like that doesn't happen all right 
Like, you can't just blame, blame. I just, I'm just saying, you can't just blame Hall for that. Like it just the 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 visual of it too is like he's expecting Matthews to to stick around because there's there's you know there's still danger chances out there, right? Yeah, there's just I don't know. It's like I said, there's a, a p- putting yourself in a position where these mistakes happen. Like, yeah, Matthews wasn't going to receive that pass, so don't make it. Like, you know, read the situation and and <laughs> see that the person is obviously not paying attention to what you're doing. Like, I, I don't just know. Think, there's I just, just think, Johnny. I'm trying not to rag on the guy. It's just <laughs> after all these games, when everything's clicking and then one thing doesn't, it's like okay let's let's try to weed out the the things that are bringing this team down because we were just down for a long time here well you know what johnny i think that you just have that curb your enthusiasm song running in your head every time he touches the puck all right so (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) so um enough negativity jt's goal was absolutely filthy like Marner feeds it to him and he just goes for a little a little run and dance around everyone and on the song and dance man didn't bury the first one but gets his gets his own rebound like he always does and uh and Barry's a nice one I don't even know how to describe this he skated all the way around from like the right corner around whoever I don't even which defenseman was it Steph Sanheim Sanheim made him look stupid yeah, the play the, the play actually started in the D zone from Mete passing it up to Marner, carrying it through the neutral zone to JT, and he just like you said danced around Sanheim, made him look stupid. <laughs> and the good thing about this play too, Kerfoot was right there with him, go straight to the to the goal. But if he didn't do that, the Flyers uh, player would come from the left side. But since Kerfoot was right in front of the crease and the Flyers person kind of pushed him back, it gave him that lane to kind of, you know, just dive right in front of the goalie to the opposite hole and then chipping it twice into the net. Hell yeah. Yeah. So good on Uh, Kerfoot for being positionally sound as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And that puts uh, JT two away from 400 goals on his career. Was not expecting him to pick up three tonight, but uh, thank you. My fantasy team thanks you. Yes, me too. My points league especially. Woo! <laughs> I still have to see that point total, actually. I'm I'm a newbie to the points league, so. Yeah, I don't know what that would work out to. It's probably a lot, though. You'll have to tell me. Um, last thing we got to touch on with this game was uh so after jt got his nice goal matthew said i won't i want a highlight reel you can't take everything tonight (laughs) so matthews comes in and tries to score with a little between the feet like sticks his skate or stick back between his skates and tries to flick one in i mean honestly it wasn't that bad of a shot it had a bit of a chance i mean it was on net at least but I think the Flyers were a little offended by this. This was kind of a uh, the equivalent of shooting after the whistle for them, <laughs> where they were like, no, 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 no. You're not, this is not going to be 6-2 on a goal like that. Fuck you. So Konechny goes after Matthews. <laughs> and uh, literally immediately, because the, the camera angle on this was perfect, because it was like Geo just comes in from behind and just absolutely mauls Konechny to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and i yeah. love this but it was a it, part of me is like this is a repeat of jason spezza the 40 year old who's fighting for everybody but like geo is a, a little different than spezza like he's a defenseman who is known for 
being physical. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of, it's part for the course for him. And I love it. Good on Gio for being ready to bulldoze that fucking fuck over because Konechny was trying to shake his gloves off. He was about to charge at Matthews, but Gio's just like, no, it just bulldozes him. And then Bunting gets right in there. D'Angelo, then you had Kerfoot, Hayes, and then Hayes and Giordano later on get into a little scrappy scrap. Yeah, a couple other ones break out. I just love that bunting. Yeah, bunting. (laughs) I love that bunting just like kind of starts things and doesn't finish them. And you can see the guys calling him out like, fucking pussy, get back here. And he's like, nah, I'm good. And he just like smiles and skates around. But the best, the the cherry on top was was Austin just kind of doing laps around everybody, just kind of skating around in circles, laughing at the flyers. Like, who? somebody else touch me so another person can jump you. Right. Which is like you have to if you take a look because yeah. No, go Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say like uh, with Matthews. Yeah. Oh my! I have lag. I have lag. So if I say (laughs) if I say something, just uh, bear in mind that. (laughs) Go for it. It's all you. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just saying with Matthews, like too, like he was kind of the bully there, right? Like Konechny, like he he's the one I'm pretty sure who made the first like I, they were getting kind of shoulderies with each other but then Matthews kind of came up there and really gave him that good solid shove and before Konecki could even get back and you know respond Giordano had came in and knocked him to the ground and Matthews like when he gave that first shove too I'm pretty sure you could if I, I'm not the greatest at rip lip that lip reading but I'm pretty sure he called him a fucking joke so <laughs> oh yeah yes. he pushed him he pushed him and then just like what the fuck are you gonna do like sorry kids t- today's another episode where we're dropping f-bombs left right and center but uh hey so did maddie so (laughs) sorry mom yeah and the flyers were already pissed as it is because jt's coming off a hat trick after McEwen hooked brody so he scored on the power play right after their poor goalie who is looking for his first nhl win of his career who's zero two and oh of this year his stick blade falls off. So he's digging and digging into the ice, can't get up. And Matthews and JT once again switching spots on the ice and just a pass to him in the slot. He takes control and just whacks it right into the net. So the Flyers were pissed. Oh, that's so good. So good. Okay. So uh, let's move on here. We got a couple minutes left. Question from Cali Cartel Mete wasn't that bad with Morgan Riley. Keep. Um, the, the problem is I wouldn't put Mete on the first line. Like, I don't want to split up. Like, here's the thing. B- Riley on the second defensive pair doesn't really make sense. And Mete on the first doesn't really make sense. But that being said, I think they did play well together. This might be like a Labushkin situation with Riley where it's like the guy may not be a first pair defender, but that's who we're going to stick there with Riley just to be able to spread Brody out to the second pair. Yeah. To me, your anchors are Morgan Riley, Brody, and Giordano. So if you need to break them up to kind of settle the other guys down and give them sort of a security blanket, then I'm all for making it a keep right now just to see if they can play with other partners. And, you know, if worse comes to worse, switch them out later on or if there's injury, right, and see who's your best guy to play, especially this early into the season. So for now, at least keep for a couple of games so they can build some chemistry. 
Yeah, um, just to move on here, because this, this question ties it in. Go Harvick, go uh, Jason Lyle on Twitter. Lilligren in, Hall out. Mete was fine, keep him in. Um, so yeah, I think now that Lilligren is healthy, pull him in with Giordano. Um, put Mete with Riley, and then who does that leave? I guess Brody and Hall. Who else is there? Sandine and... Sandine fuck, am I forgetting and Geo. Yeah, Sandine and Geo, yeah. yeah. But then Lilligren with Brody? I would put Lilligren with Geo and Sandine with Brody. Yeah, I would do that as well. Especially Start him off on the third pair, give him that security blanket of Geo on the left side and Lily on the right side, and then work your way up. If he does extremely well, then give him more ice time or some PK time or PP2 time and see how that works out. So it would be Riley Mete... Brody, Sandine, Gio Lilligren. I like that because I think Gio and Lilligren played well together. Yeah. In the uh, the preseas. Yeah. So the second part of the question here also keep Mulgan where he is. Good game. Sit Engvall, put Kerfoot in his spot, and put Nikki Bobby back on second line wing. Um, uh, I like the Swedish line though. Me too, but it's. It's not a bad idea. If, if if I was gonna sit Engvall, I would put Malgan where he is. Yeah. I'm thinking the same. It's the problem of trying to fit guys in certain spots and who is, you know, who's won that second line uh, left wing spot. Uh it's pretty much a competition for that. And I think Kerfoot has been doing an excellent job, honestly, especially on the second power play as well. Uh, his playmaking skills have been phenomenal from what I've seen so far. So I don't know. I think you switch around the the, the rest in the bottom six and then maybe give some flashes of opportunity when the game calls for it. Maybe if the Leafs are up or maybe a shot on the first power play unit for a couple shifts. Who knows? Yeah, I think the most positive thing is that some of the defensive injuries are starting to end you know people are going to start coming back now uh we're reaching the end of the matt murray injury if i'm not mistaken like i think he was supposed to be a month we've still got like a maybe a week and a half on that if i'm wrong keith said he's still not close it was supposed to be november 8th the first day he's eligible back but uh he's he's been skating which is great news i think it's going to be a little bit longer maybe three weeks from now okay so three weeks ish till murray but i think in the next couple next week or two you start to see lilligren and and dahlstrom and everybody like that get healthy again so i think the defense is going to be fine hopefully ben i don't know what his status is uh lily's supposed to be in against boston on saturday nice so that that problem is seeming to work itself out just with time um it wasn't pretty to wait on it but here we are (laughs) yeah and as far as the forwards go look i would say because this worked run it back till it doesn't Mm -hmm. you know yeah like isn't that kind of the whole point of doing like throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks if it sticks you know let it stick until it slides off the wall if it's fixed don't broke it i've been saying this (laughs) (laughs) 
No, it now is the time to experiment. I don't want to be doing this experiment in January or February. Now is the time to see who's in it to win it and who's not and to have those like backup players if needed. And people have been going nuts about, you know, the Leafs losing, which is understandable. Honestly, like watching them, it seems like there's no effort and careless play, but hey, I'd rather this happen now instead of right before playoffs. So I'd rather just get better and better and better as the season goes on instead of starting on this hot streak. Let's say if we started the season 10-2, and for example, and then the Leafs lose 10 straight, then it would be the end of the world, you know? But I'd rather it like them having a horrible start and then improving as the season goes on. Okay, folks. Dirty. <laughs> I, uh, have we answered all the questions from our loving fans? We Not have. yet. No, oh, there's one more. Okay, uh, I have I have a good one for last, so I'll let you use yours, and then I'll do mine. Uh, Mike at Mike the Fanatic sent a pic of his tweet from this morning, saying that the Leafs are winning five to two tonight. Three points for Maddie, and it's about time he remembered how good of a player he is. Then he says on his uh, says in the question, "Friggin' Maddie only got two points instead of three. What a bum! When you know, you know." So kudos, Mike, for calling that big win. Just want to give you a shout out there. Um, so, and the other one is TML fan in van. Uh, just from him. Is John Tavares good? I fucking told no. you. Also him. No, he's he's <laughs> underrated. He's fantastic. And also, last question, actual an actual question. Jordan O'Brien at Notorious underscore job. Do you think this will be the catalyst for the Leaf to Leafs to kick on for the rest of the season or do some things do or do some things need to change? Blah blah blah. I cannot read. I'm so sorry, Jordan. <laughs> But do you guys think this is the start for, you know, something new this month, maybe a fresh start in the month of November, or does do some other things need to change? Um, I mean, like I said, the injuries coming to an end is is a helpful thing. Uh, the fact that we've got three games coming up against Pittsburgh that was looking scary, and now the Pittsburgh Penguins have dropped a lot of games in the last week or two. So it's not looking as frightening anymore. Um other than that, there's, but the thing is, even if the team isn't playing well, if they're a skilled team, the Leafs are still kind of, they're going to play the way they should against them. Uh, so I'm not really worried about, about those. Um, the rest of their November looks pretty good. We talked about that. It's mostly teams that, you know, they historically show up against. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that the only thing that hasn't been good is a power play. So I'm hoping that works itself out. Uh, it did by the end of this game, mm-hmm. but I think for the amount of chances they had, uh, there should have been a couple more on there. But I mean, five two—it's hard to complain about not getting a couple more power play goals. But when you're the Leafs and you get that many chances, it's like, oh, guys. Yeah, I think it is a start, guys. I really think the Leafs pick it up from here. In November, we're going to see a massive improvement, especially like you said, Johnny Lily's going to be back in the lineup. We might see Jordy Ben soon. Uh, if that calls for that and who knows, right? Uh, we can speculate all we want outside of that locker room and like shout out loud what we think should happen. But at the end of the day, they know best. So, yeah. Well, yeah, 
I'm going to uh, play uh, the logical fallacy of moving the goalposts, and I don't think this was the game that they needed to win. This is the game that they had to win, but the game they need to win to prove that they're not the bums that we think they are is next game. Because, because they blew this game out, this team is notorious, notorious for fucking up the next game. <laughs> All right? So... Oh, holy no, you're right. My you're dog right. just farted. Boston. That's hilarious. It just, sorry, it just took me took me right out of the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was so loud. I, I might have been picked up by the microphone. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, seriously, like it, this next game, if they pinch a loaf next game, I'm going to be so cheesed. All right. These, these guys need to actually come out next game too. They don't have to win it 5-2, but they need to at least still show a level of consistency. And like this teamwork, this grit that we saw this game, uh, yeah, there's some moments of lackadaisicalness, but this was far better than any other game I've seen this season. And they need to keep they, they still have to keep that up. It sucks. It's unfortunate that we demand this of our team, but they still have to keep it up because if they go out there and look like shit, well, isn't it not back to back games? That's a very blowable situation. So you got to win at least one. And, you know, it doesn't have to look fancy. Just go out there and at least win, win one of them. All right. And it'd be nice. If, they, if you win both, it'd be nice if you blew them out. But we just need you to win one. Because if you lose two, we're back at the we're back at Steve Simmons' house and uh, you know in his basement, waiting for him to do horrible, terrible things to us. All right, so let's not do that. And speaking of Steve Simmons, um, someone sent uh, me a comment that uh, <laughs> you're gonna get kick out of this one because it's horrible, but you're gonna get kick out of it. What do you guys think that the video letter to Dubis's grandma is the turning point of this season? <laughs> <laughs> oh i hate you <laughs> oh man some of you some of you man. sons of guns out there you need to get out of your basement and touch grass all right that's like that is so that's that so lame pathetic. <laughs> that's so pathetic <laughs> steph did you see that yeah. oh lord if yeah Oh yeah, I saw that and I commented a bunch of times on that and only because this David and I have have actually talked before and he did seem like a good guy. I mean, his profile picture looks nothing like him in the video, but guys, <laughs> it is just it's not even like a rule you have to say out loud. Never attack people's family members on social media. Like is there something wrong in your brain? Come on. I don't know. Like, I don't get it. It's so uncalled for. You think Grandma Dubis has the power to fire his grandson or make any sort of changes? I love how uh, Roscoe right now is imitating uh, the guy from South Park or <laughs> even Sim Simpsons, like just the South Park guy. <laughs> from uh, Make Love Not Warcraft. Worst episode. No, that was ever. so disrespectful. <laughs> Yeah, so disrespectful, so idiotic. Like, honestly, I was so fucking pissed after seeing that. His poor grandmother just making a comment on his Twitter post, like, go Leafs, go. I love you, grandson. Like, just being sweet as fuck. And you make a video to her <laughs> about everything he said. Like, just horrid, horrid things. Come on, guys. Hey, what, does he think, what kind of change does he think he's going to enact? Do you think, think Dubis' grandmother is going to stop, you know, He's gonna. She's gonna not make bake any Christmas cookies for Kyle. Like, what, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? No, no, no. no. Here's here's what here's what she can do. She can call up the other GMs and tell them she's not baking them any cookies for Christmas unless they make a nice trade with her grandson Kyle. Ooh. 
No cookies for you. Those ginger snacks. Uh, just to uh, wrap this. <laughs> <laughs> You've had Grandma Debbie's ginger snaps before, yeah? Uh, I'll, keep, I'll keep it on the DL, all right? I'll keep the... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just to wrap this up, you did mention it, but we got a back-to-back this weekend. Saturday against the Bruins, Sunday against the Hurricanes. Eh, those are pretty easy teams, right? <laughs> uh, Bruins are 9-1 to start the season, and Marshan is back in action. He's healthy, so uh, we'll see. So which game do you... Okay, it's it's not unheard of for the Leafs to win both these games, but, I mean, let's say they win one. Which one do you need them, want them, should they win? Boston. Of course, your division, one of your division rivals. So it has to be Boston. You need to steal the two points from them and just give them a big F you. And kind of like Tavares tonight when asked after the game uh, if he had any hatred for Flyers over the years after leaving Long Island. And he simply just said, any team that doesn't wear a maple leaf, I have hatred for. So, yes. This is the attitude we need. And like you said, Darty, on the last episode, the teams need to be afraid of us. They need, they can't just walk into the game and be like, ah, Maple Leafs, I love to play them. We want them to hate to play us and be afraid to play us. So I hope that they bring it Saturday and Sunday and leave a statement out there. Well, that's why I was so happy with what happened at the end there, because everybody jumped in and Matthews was just laughing like, ha, 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 this is fun. Who else hates me? Somebody punch me so somebody else can punch you. Like, yeah. that's the attitude they need is like, oh, my God, I want to hit Austin, but I can't because there's five guys in front of me that are going to or four guys in front of me stopping me getting to him. Like, exactly. that's what you need. And to everybody on Twitter that was like, Austin should have defended himself instead of Geo jumping in. Do you understand how hockey works and what a superstar is? Like, pardon me. Would you expect Connor McDavid to drop the gloves and fight? No. You, do you want him to break his wrist and not play for three months? No. Do you know who can break their wrist and not play for three months? Zach Aston Reese. Like, that's why those guys are on the team. Austin Matthews is not getting in a fight with Travis fucking who are you Konechny of the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay? Like, no thank you. Austin Matthews, by the way, when he scored his 261st goal, he passed Wendell Clark for eighth most goals in Leafs history. And also tonight on that power play goal, it moves him to number five of all time in power play goals, passing Dave Keon, Sundin, Sittler, Rick Vive, and Wendell Clark. So, yes, he is a superstar, and you cannot touch our boy. And I'm pretty sure William Nylander became, uh, got into the top five uh, assists of all time for the Leafs tonight, too. Was that tonight? I know Marner actually made the boards as well uh, the other night, passing Doug Gilmore in all-time assists at number nine. Nylander, I probably missed it because of my stream, so uh, thanks again, stream. <laughs> no, I think I that was one that I saw on Twitter, actually, but I'm pretty sure it was tonight. Oh, nice. Lots yeah. of milestones coming up. And we would love to, to hit even more next game against... Boston yeah actually shout out to uh shout out to our own beaner for that one uh with that assist willie ties phil kessel for 25th all-time leafs assist list nice awesome thanks bean 
Fun fact, Connor McDavid has more goals than any Flames player has points right now. He has 11 goals, oh, and the highest yeah. point getter on the Flames is 10 points. Ew, Another fun fact. so nasty. Alex Ovechkin is now second in NHL history in game-winning goals, passing Gordie Howe with 122, and Yager holds the title with 135. Um, another one I saw today, Sidney Crosby passed Mark Messier for most goals in the first minute of a game. Ooh. Are you kidding? Like, I think it was like 14 or something he has. Like, that's nuts. Wow. I got to see a pain how in the doing. ass player. Because uh, um, Pittsburgh lost no <laughs> 6-3 to Buffalo. Ooh. Pittsburgh got caved in by Buffalo. Like, it was not pretty. Well, before tonight, they lost four in a row, and they've been outscored 18 to six. So yeah, they're now, not doing hot. Oof. And the Leafs have three games against them in November, so those should be uh, six easy points. Hopefully, and please. St. Louis, guys, I don't know what's going on there, but they lost their last five, allowing 25 goals, and Cairo and O'Reilly combined for four points during that time. Bro, I'm ready to drop Jordan Cairo in fantasy, and I know if I do, you're going to pick him up and he's going to score 30 goals. Like <laughs> Again? He did. Exactly, because I did that last year. Ugh. But honestly, it, he's like minus a bajillion right now. It's painful. Does, does goaltending Leafs matter legend. in fantasy? Does goaltending matter fantasy? Because I have Jack Campbell, <laughs> yes. Logan Thompson, and Spencer Knight, and I am crushing it. All right, all of you guys are plebs next to me right now. I'm literally just eating points. So, like, <laughs> like my attendees, I don't. Even, I just play them just for the hell of it because I don't know if they're winning games right now or if they're not. I think Thompson's out there. I, I barely see Spencer Knight play. So, Logan Got Thompson it. has been great, but I'm an idiot and had. Uh, Two goalie. I had like Thatcher, Demko, and Wedgwood in, who both let in like a shit ton of goals last night. Mm. Darty, Blackwood. Uh, gotta make you feel Wedgwood good so you don't give up on us halfway through the season. <laughs> 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 Top of the standings now, but won't be for long. Yeah, I don't know. All right, we're gonna. I feel bad for Joey. Joey Slick's we're... preposterous team. Okay, because I'm whooping his ass seven three. Sorry, Cal. Joey. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. <laughs> oh man okay um, thanks to uh thanks to everybody for listening remember to leave us a review comment like subscribe all that stuff uh, we out go. baby we'll be back uh let's do one saturday because let's just do a double header go to right? inside the rink.com for all your good leaves articles thank you nathan mike and joshua yeah, and you can get all of that ad free all the time sent to you for uh the low price of 2.99 a month just get rid of all the ads. Bye. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Recipe 91. It's so yummy. It's so good. (laughs) Get it.